I want to preach on something today I've never preached on before. And it's a subject I've often wondered about. And I've been studying it lately. But the Bible talks about in the Old Testament and the New Testament in Revelation and back in Zechariah. It talks about the uh, seven spirits of God that roam the earth. And the seven is one, just like three is one. And the seven spirits of God, I want to talk about it just real quick and then move on to something else as well that I think we're dealing with in our country right now. And young people, I hope you can pick up on this because it's taken me 57 years to learn it. So I hope that you guys can, all of you, all of us can get a hold of this this morning because I think it's real important. Uh, the seven spirits, first of all, in the Bible, there's several different meanings of the word spirit, okay? Uh, my mind, your mind, our, our consciousness, our thinking, our thought processes, that is a spirit. That is our spirit, okay? And our soul is a being, an eternal being that's going to live forever. And then we have a body that our soul and spirit lives inside of. And when we die... Our soul is going to be given a new body and it's still going to have our spirit in it. We're going to remember. We're going to know as we were known. We're going to have our spirit and our soul will live forever. And our body will be transformed. Okay? And when we think about the resurrection, in, in Revelation, you can look it up if you want to. It says... Then the rest of the dead live not again until the end of the thousand years. This is the resurrection. Now in the Old Testament, I mean in the earlier in the New Testament, the Pharisees asked Jesus, they said, uh, what about the resurrection? And he, <clears throat> and he said, he said these words, during the resurrection, people will live. I am the God of the living, not the God of the dead. Now, if you get, this is a way of thinking that helps me a lot when I'm reading the scripture. The resurrection is not the act of dead people coming to life. The resurrection is the 1,000 year period. That is the resurrection. It starts with dead people coming to life or those that are asleep in Jesus. Those of us that love the Lord and we die, we come back to life and we get a new body that is fit for the resurrection. During the resurrection, Jesus said... During the resurrection, people will live, all right? And at the end of the resurrection, the people that have died with Christ will also come back to life and be given a new body. So the resurrection is a 1,000-year-long year uh, period uh, where everything's going to be recreated. What's the point of the 1,000 years? So the whole earth can be cre recreated. And what I'm trying to do, young people, kids... I'm trying to get you to start early thinking about what is going to last forever. Because what you do here in this life is about the next life. It's really not as much about this life. You know, uh, I, I respect churches that focus on this life and how to live for Jesus. And we talk a lot about that too. But the number one thing is the real life, and that's the resurrected life. At the end of the thousand years, the earth will have been recreated, and we will live here forever with Jesus in our resurrected body. And so we really need to focus on the things that last forever.
And the Bible says that God is getting the human race ready for that by sending seven spirits that roam the earth. And they are part of God, okay? Now, this, this kind of a spirit is not a, a mind. It's not a person. It is a philosophy, a teaching. In fact, that's all through the New Testament. He talks about the spirit of this or the spirit of that. That is a philosophy. For instance, the spirit of Antichrist. The, fear, the spirit of Antichrist is not a ghost floating around. It's not some being. It's a philosophy that is all against Jesus. We've got a lot of that going on. That is not of God. There is a spirit of anti-family that is not against, that is not of God. There's a spirit, anti-church spirit, that is not of God. And there's a lot of Christians that are falling into that. And they're talking about, well, it's not about church. Well, I'll tell you what, it is about church. It is about church. We are the church. But this building is also the church. Our meeting place that we dedicate to God is a church where the church meets. It's just terminology. Don't let the devil drive a wedge and try to divide us using terminology. That's what's happening in our whole country, by the way, is the devil's trying to divide us and split us. Well, we're not going to be split. We're going to stand as one under the banner of the cross, under the flag of the United States, and under the Bible that God wrote. And we're going to be united, at least whoever who wants to, right? Whoever who wants to can be part of that one group that serves the Lord. All right, so the seven spirits of God are listed in the Scripture. And I want to uh, ask you to open to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The seven spirits of God, uh, there's the spirit of the Lord, the lordship of God, the spirit of of wisdom. Now, believe, now, I'm going to use a different word. Philosophy or teaching. Teaching is something we can understand better. The spirit of the Lord or the teaching that he is Lord. The truth is the best word of all. The truth that he is Lord. Doesn't the Bible say Jesus is truth? God is truth? All right. And so the seven truths of God make up the truth of who he is. All right? The Bible says that he is Lord. That is one of the truths. Another one is that is the truth of knowledge. You do not have to be ignorant. Ignorant means that you just don't know. Ignorant is not an insult. It just means you don't know. But the Bible says we can know, right? The Bible says we can know. And so he said, I will give you the gift of knowledge. That is the truth of knowledge. And I would like for you to remember those two things. The truth that he is Lord and the truth that you can know. You don't have to live in fear of the unknown. A man told me one time, well, Brother Randall, I'm ready to die, but I just... I just kind of fear the unknown. And I can understand that. I can, I'm not putting that down. I, I mean, people have, it's natural. It's natural. But what I would like to say to you is, the closer you get to Jesus Christ in your life, the more you will know. You can know that you know that you know. 
that if you died today, if you drew your last breath today, you would wake up with Jesus. Amen? And you don't have to wonder about that. You don't have to hope or wish. You can know. So the truth or the spirit of knowledge, the truth of his lordship, Sometimes we kind of live our lives like the lordship of God is op optional. I mean, we have, you know, we have a freedom in our spirit, in our minds, in our hearts. But we also have to recognize that he is Lord whether we want him to be or not. One of these days, every knee shall what? And every tongue shall that Jesus Christ is. So there's your two of your spirits, knowledge and lordship. Another is wisdom. And let's look at Proverbs 1, verse 7. Verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, I was a little foolish when I was a kid. How about y'all? I didn't necessarily want people telling me what I needed to do and what I didn't, you know, shouldn't do. I was a little foolish, and I probably still am to some degree. Susie might say that. But I'll tell you what, I know. I know that Jesus has all the answers, and I don't. Jesus has all the answers, and I don't. And the closer I get to him, the more answers I'll have. Amen? And so, truth, or the seven spirits of God, the seven truths of God, lordship, knowledge, and wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Did you know the Bible says that he will give us wisdom if we ask for it? If we will ask him for the right kind of wisdom... There's a, there's a lot of things being sold today that are not true and not wise. The next spirit of God is counsel. And this is found throughout the scripture where Jesus is called the wonderful counselor. Amen. The mighty God, the prince of peace. He said, receive the counsel of the elder generation. He did, didn't he? said, receive the counsel of the elder generation. That doesn't mean you have to do everything you're advised, but we should be wise enough to listen to advice and let the Lord lead us, right? I mean, I wouldn't even, there's been a lot of folks older than me that gave me bad advice, but there's been a lot of folks older than me that gave me good advice. And I should listen, and I should let the Lord lead with the wisdom and the knowledge the seven spirits of God, the seven truths of God. The next one is might. He is a wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. He is going to give us the spirit of mighty, mightiness. Now that means not that we become superheroes, <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you what we will become. We'll become more of the conquerors that live forever, and we will not rot in the ground. We will live again. We will have an eternal destiny in the resurrection and beyond it. That is the ultimate might. Isn't that what people really want? If people could live healthy, 
live forever and be surrounded by their loved ones. Isn't that what people want more than anything else? That is exactly what you have in store for your future. And that is the spirit of might. The devil cannot defeat you. You know why? Because he's already defeated. Now, don't, don't check it off the list yet. He's got a lot of power. And you've got to keep your guard up. You've got to stay in fellowship. You've got to stay in the word. You've got to stay in prayer. Surround yourself with people that love Jesus. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm always saying young people, well, look, if it wasn't for the adults, the young people wouldn't be messed up. And I'm not saying these guys are messed up. I'm saying kids that get messed up get messed up by adults. It's the adults cooking the drugs. It's the adults selling the pornography. It's the adults that are pushing kids into prostitution. It's the adults doing it. It's not the kids' fault. It's the adults that spend all their money on their dope instead of buying their kids what they need to eat. It's not the kids' fault. Praise God for kids. Thank God for kids. I used to say I wanted ten of them. Well, we got to three, and we and I told this joke everywhere. Went said, "Well, we got eeny, meeny, miny, and there ain't going to be no mo." Well, I ended up with Mo and Larry. You know what I'm saying? And then after that, I said, I kind of wanted five more. Susie says, well, you're going to have to find somebody else for that. And I said, well, it ain't worth that. So now we got ten grandkids or more. And this is the way I look at it. Five kids, five spouses, so we have end up having ten kids, right? And uh, satisfies me, satisfies Susie. And <laughs> aren't we satisfied to live with what God has given us? Aren't we satisfied to live? I am satisfied. Remember that? I am satisfied. I am satisfied with Jesus. But the question comes to me as I think of Calvary. Is my master satisfied with me? I hope he is. When I get to heaven, I want him to hear, want to hear two words. Well done. So we have the spirit of lordship, the spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding. You know, the book of Revelation is pretty hard to understand, isn't it? And the, a lot of the Bible is hard to understand. But the more you read it, the more you understand it. In fact, some things that I never could quite figure out, like the resurrection i always thought well the resurrection is when people rise from the dead well yeah that's what starts the resurrection jesus said during the resurrection it will be thus and thus the resurrection is the 1000 years the millennial that's the resurrection and then when it's over everybody on earth is god's family and we're going to live here forever and there's going to be billions of people and guess what they won't be able to tax us they won't be able 
won't have any need for shots, good or bad. They won't have any, we won't have any need. I, I, I really believe we're going to eat. I mean, I'm counting on that. I'm counting on that. Now, it does say that the manna fell from heaven, right? I rest my case. There's food in heaven. The, he wouldn't have called it a marriage supper if we weren't going to at least have some biscuits and gravy. And so I'm counting on heaven. I don't know what, you know, those are just a lot of jokes, but the reality of it is we're going to live forever with Jesus and he's got it all planned out and I am for it. How about you? So the seven spirits, let's one more time if you're writing them down. Spirit of knowledge, might, counsel, understanding. The spirit of wisdom and lordship. And it all begins with the fear of God. Number seven, the fear of God. You know, the church, that's the people. We are the church. We meet at church. We go out being the church to other people. Helping like this needy lady that we're going to be helping. And so many others every week. That's the church. That's what the church is. That's what Jesus did. That's what we do. The church needs to fear God. Now, I don't mean we need to run and hide from God in fear. But I have a feeling if God showed up in this room, we would hit our faces on the floor. We need to remember God is real. And he knows everything. And we should have a little fear of him. Now, when y'all were kids, I know some of y'all about my age or a little older. When y'all were kids, did anybody say, well, he put the fear of God in him? I wonder if kids even know what that means now. He put the fear of God in him. Well, I'll tell you what it means. It means that when you hear a belt come out of the loops, you suddenly go into spasms and things like that. In fear. That's fear. That's the definition of it. Or maybe when you, it might not have had to be a belt. It might have just been a hand. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about abuse. I'm talking about good old healthy fear of making daddy mad. You were, yeah, you were a board member. That's right. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that. And so the Board of Education was used on you frequently. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm, well, I'm not going to get into the debate about what to use to spank or whether to spank. But I will tell you this. Daddies, your kids need to mind you. Your kids need to mind you. And you need to find a way to make them mind you that does not involve abuse. No use for abuse. God never abuses his kids, does he? Ever. But there, if you can, you can have wisdom in that matter. And one of the reasons that we have the problems we have now is because there's a lot of people who have no fear of authority whatsoever. And now they're trying to get rid of the police and they're making it in some places where you can steal and not get punished. We're in a mess and it's all because... The fear of God, even though I listed it as number seven, is actually the first of all of the other six. 
Without the fear of God, you can't have the other six. You have to fear in a respectful way. My dad's birthday was this last week, and he would have been 80. Died when he was 69. And uh, no, I wasn't, a sca- I wasn't scared of him. I wasn't scared of my dad. But guess what? If I had done something really wrong, I mean bad, not that I ever did, but just hypothetically, if I had ever done anything wrong, I was scared of my dad at that moment. How about you? Huh? Okay. Whose fault was it? His for being scary or me for doing something bad? This is where we are in our society today. We're teaching everybody, oh, well, let's go back and figure out what made them do it. Ain't nothing made me do it. I did it. I got a spanking for doing it. Nothing made me do it. This is ridiculously absurd to say that there's a possibility if you... So, you know, listen to this for a second. Seriously. If that is true, if that philosophy, if that spirit of anti-discipline is true, then that means if I'm the perfect parent and I program my child exactly right from the day one, they will never do anything wrong. Doesn't, isn't that what it has to mean? That's why it's so stupid. It's totally stupid. You can raise a child in a great, loving, godly way, and they can still go way off in left field on their own, out there doing everything wrong. There is absolutely no logic in saying, well, let's go back and figure out what caused them to be this way. It's ridiculous. And any edu- if there's any educators in here, I-, I hope you don't aspire to that philosophy because it's bad. need to change. <laughs> Let me tell you what it is. People have a choice. Now, being, that being said, how many have learned that if a child is severely abused as a child, they're most likely to abuse their own children? Uh-huh. And so you've got to break the cycle. But it's still their choice. It's harder for them to make that choice because they have, they have had that in their brain for so long. How many know that if a child grows up in a dope house, they're either going to run as far away from it as they can to stay away from it, or they're going to run to it? If a child grows up with an alcoholic, especially an alcoholic father, they're either going to run and never touch a drop, or they're going to become an alcoholic almost every time. And so... I'm not saying that the past doesn't have anything to do with our behavior. But I'm saying that if we want to become healthy in Jesus Christ, in our spirit, if we want these seven spirits of God to rule in our life, we must start by having the fear of the Lord and taking full responsibility for our own decisions, not blaming other people. You know, uh, that seems to be what, I don't even know how to say it without, I don't know, but I'm just going to say it. It seems to me that myth 
causes people to blame everybody else for everything that's ever gone wrong and everything going wrong. It must be something to do with the chemical that's in it. And our county, our county right now is just plagued with it. Just plagued with it. It's on every block almost in Ada. It's every, all, places all out here in these woods are cooking meth. It's everywhere. It is worse than I've ever seen in the almost 40 years I've been here. It's everywhere. And I haven't tried it, thank God. I don't intend to try it. But they say if you try it, it gives you such an amazing euphoric feeling that you never want to do without it. And I, I think that is the spirit of Antichrist through drugs. It's killing our people, conquering our families. It's not the only one. There's lots of other sins. Guess what? I don't have time to list all the sins. Don't expect me to list all the sins. Don't say, well, Randall, stop listing one or two sins. Let me tell you right now, I love you, and we have a big, big problem in Pontotoc County. And it's mostly dope. And the reason is because we need these truths of God to be alive in our family and alive in our household. So, not only can we not blame our parents, we also have to accept responsibility and turn toward the Lord. If you turn toward the Lord with your, all your heart and soul and mind, He will deliver you from whatever trap you're in. He will. But you have to do it. Nobody can do it for you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, it says in Proverbs 19. True life starts with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord causes hate and evil and perversion to flee. The fear of the Lord causes, that's in Proverbs 18. The things that we're dealing with right now today, there's, I'm going to close with this. Three things, you can write them down. It was the fall of the Greek Empire. It was the fall of the Roman Empire. It was the fall of the Persian Empire. It was the fall of Hitler's empire. And every other empire that has grown has fallen for these three reasons. Historical fact. The first one is they started worshiping false gods. You see, when the, de devil, when the demons were kicked out of heaven... Some of them are very, very, very powerful, and they can do mighty miracles. And they set themselves up to human beings to be gods. And if somebody have a real experience, they'll say, oh, I know this is real. And they start worshiping this god. It explains Greek mythology. It totally explains all the Roman deities. It totally, ex totally explains the current multiple Hindu deities. Millions of angels cast out of heaven, and the strongest ones pretended to be gods. That's why Jesus said, that's why God said in the Old Testament, and Jesus repeated it, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. It's not because there's more gods, it's because there's more pretending to be gods. So that's the number one thing that was allowed. And right now in our country, we're allowing false gods to have the same standing as the one true living God, and it's wrong.
Our government should not be honoring false gods. Our government should honor the Bible. Our government should honor Jesus Christ. Our government should honor Jehovah God, Yahweh, the creator of life, the creator and Lord of the universe. Our government is not establishing a religion by honoring the one true living God. Our government is acknowledging what exists and how our government was set up in the first place. All of our founding fathers set this country up because of the one true living God. And it's time for our government to say that. The second thing, we've talked about it before. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I pray to God that our Supreme Court hears one of these 47 states have passed abortion regulation laws. That tells you that the people are sick of murdering babies. And it's time for the Supreme Court to stand up and save the lives of these tiny little babies. And we have committed more child sacrifice than any other nation that has ever existed. And it was child sacrifice that brought down the Greek Empire and the Persian Empire and the Roman Empire. It was worshiping false gods that brought those empires and all the others down. And the last one is sexual wickedness and perversion. And I tell you, we're going to have to call it what it is. We love every person. We love them no matter what they're doing, no matter who they're with. But guys, it is getting to where uh, brothers and sisters are marrying each other. It's getting to where... Uh, Grown men are marrying teenagers, and the more of these uh, people, there's a lot of people that we've been bringing in this year that believe that that's okay. And the more that come here, the more it will become okay. Sexual and wickedness, the perversion that eats away at a culture. Our transportation secretary is celebrating paternity leave with his gay husband and their new babies. I'm telling you, it is an abomination to God, and our country has got to be forgiveness and I might seem like I'm pointing fingers but I'm saying you know what the devil wants to do he wants to destroy my life he wants to destroy your life he wants to destroy our kids life young people I want you to please hear me what would have happened now this may sound like a joke but I'm dead serious what would have happened if George Washington's father had decided to marry a man instead of George Washington's mother. Now, guys, we better start thinking serious. This is no, this is no laughing matter anymore. It's totally destroying our culture. George Washington is the one that funded most of the Revolutionary War. He's the one that rounded up the armies to fight the British. If it wasn't for him, you and I would not be here freely worshiping the one true living God in the gym in our lawn chairs. Amen? We need to get this down to home. The seven spirits of God are being chased out of the United States. And it's time for the church to pray it back in, like opening a wide door for the, for the God of the universe to pour his way of thinking back into our land. We have a disease going on, and it's called sin. 
And there's not just one or two types. There's a whole gamut of them. And we've got to be so careful not to let them take over our lives and not to let them get in our church. And I'm praying, you pray for me, I'll pray for you. The Bible says Jesus was tempted like in the same way every other man. You know what that means? That means he was tempted to do sexual stuff too. Jesus. But the Bible says he sinned not. You know why the first commandment is about having false gods? It's a no-no. God won't allow it. He won't put up with it. He also, he will avenge it. It's not up to us to avenge it. He will. It also talks about family. It talks about adultery. It talks about how to raise your kids. So I want to rephrase what I said earlier just to be perfectly clear. What happens in our past definitely affects how we behave. But we need to come to a point where we accept responsibility for us and stop blaming our past. That's what I'm trying to say in my redneck way. It's time for us to stop blaming our parents and our circumstances. It's time for us to say, I am doing what I'm doing because I'm messing up and nobody else is responsible for it but me. And nobody else can help me except Jesus. And Christians need to do that too. We need to reevaluate our lives often, really. Look in the mirror. Look at our, what we're, how we're spending our time. How are we spending our money? How are we spending our talents? All of the different things, our behavior. All right, what's the third thing? It's wickedness and sexual perversion. And that includes a lot of different things. I mean, it's disgusting. And I don't like to talk about disgusting things in church. But guys, the problem is churches should have been talking about it for the last 30 years. And we should be teaching our children. Okay, and I, kids, you know why the devil wants you to get caught up in that? Because he knows it will pull you away from God. Not only that, it will stop your bloodline. Think about it. Think about it. It will stop your bloodline. You may be the person... That God, that's carrying the gene that's going to, your grandchild or your great-grandchild may have the cure for cancer. Your child or your great-grandchild might end up being the best, the biggest evangelist in the world. But if you drift away from family, if you go the way of homosexuality, he will kill your bloodline and that person will not be born. And let me tell you, it's a cop-out to say, well, but God is in control. Let me tell you, God is in control, but he will not control your free will. He will not force you to do. He has an alternate plan. He works all things together for them that, that are called by his name. He has an alternate plan, but I'll tell you right now, it is up to you to stay on track with Jesus Christ. It's up to me. So the seven spirits of God will give us what God wants us to have. It's like a balanced spiritual meal. And it starts with the fear of the Lord. And then the three downfalls of civilization, they don't have to be allowed in my life. 
You don't have to allow them in your life. The Bible says God loves us all no matter who we are. Well, we were born that way. I'm so sick of hearing that. So is a murderer born that, born that right way? Is a robber born that way? Maybe. There are some people that have psychological disorders, right? There's some extreme psychological disorders that... How many know God can forgive that too? What about that, what about that person that never quite is able to understand God can still take that person to heaven, amen? What about that person that does have a horrific family life, but they pray to Jesus and ask the Lord to forgive them and help them? If they die, they get to go to heaven too. They get to be part of the resurrection too. You see, it's not up to you and me to judge who's going to hell, but it is up to us to judge right from wrong. And that is the what I'm going to close with. Stop letting people shame you for deciding that something is wrong. Stop it. When they start that with me, they do it all the time with me, believe me. Oh, yeah, well, do you ever judge? Are you judging me? Are you judging me? I'm so sick of hearing that. I'm not judging you. Let me tell you what I'm judging. Stealing is wrong. I'm judging that. I'm judging that. All this sin is wrong. The sin that's messing up your family is wrong. It's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. I'm judging that. Only God decides who gets to go to heaven and who gets to go to hell. But you can choose God, and he'll take you into his family. The choice is yours. I cannot judge the human soul, but you already, I believe, sitting here right now, I love all you guys. I want you to be in heaven with us. And I believe sitting here right now, you know whether you're going to heaven or not. I believe you already know. And if your answer is, no, I'm not. I haven't done that. I really haven't given my life to Christ. Then I would ask you and even plead with you this morning, would you do that today? We have an opportunity to change from this sinful body that has all these temptations into a resurrection that is like Jesus Christ. And I'm going to take that opportunity. How about you? Praise God. Would you stand with me?